I'm Brittany Ashley. And I'm Laura Zach. And this is Sicker Sadder World, the podcast where we rewatch Daria and relate it to our current world. Happy Easter two days ago. Chag Samich four days ago. And April Fools two days ago. And happy birthday to my friend Katie two years ago. Two years ago? I mean two days ago. <laughs> yeah, she's she's a demon. She only has her birthday every third year. Oh, yeah, that March leap years. Yeah. Those are hard. Mm. Um, and happy truck day to me four days ago. Happy truck day. I um, purchased a truck and less than 48 hours later, I was helping my friend move. So what they say is true. You also purchased a truck and it took you about eight hours. To do what? To get that truck. That's actually inaccurate. I, I got there at 5 p.m. and I was uh, leaving at like eight-ish. That was fast for a car purchase. I had a very sweet man named Sam. He was very gentle. I was scared about um, the patriarchy and, and trying to buy a truck and getting a fair deal uh, as a woman person mm. and my fears were for not i had a great guy so what do you do this weekend <laughs> well my girlfriend was out of town this weekend so i turned up the volume on my tv um i caught up on some tv i saw the movie game night which was actually quite funny um i had a dinner party you were there Kristen was there um, I did a Buffy watch for buffering and, um, and you shot a pilot. Well, I, we shot pickups for the pilot. Yeah. Mm, mm, and mm. that was, um, that was fun because I was incredibly hungover. Um, but little known fact, sometimes I am a better actor when I'm still drunk from the night before. I could see how that could be true. I feel like it, it, it sort of necessarily calms down a part of your mind that you use when you're acting yeah it really freed me you don't have like you just don't even have the energy to to be too in your head yeah I made up some of my own lines <laughs> you know forgot some other ones but in doing so I think I created you know something that none of us could have seen coming I can't wait to watch it yeah it's called Carol's a Demon uh, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, it is coming out tomorrow on Girlship TV, and then I'm going to Klexicon um, this weekend. That is a fast edit. Yeah. Is that all Amanda? Uh, I think it's a couple different people. Wow. Um, yeah, the fastest hands in the West, we call them. So you're going to be in Vegas. I'm going to be in Vegas. I um, got a new swimsuit, but unfortunately, you can see my entire butthole, so I will not be wearing that swimsuit. Wait, like the entire anus? You can, like, you can see a lot. Do you have, like, a Portia de Rossi situation? I'm not entirely sure what that means, but I'm into Uh, uh, the euphemism. (laughs) It's more about the cut of the Nasty Gal swimsuit that I got, that it is, like, full-on, like, thongy. Oh, holy shit. Yeah. I cannot picture you in that. I'm not trying to. <laughs> Fuck you. You would be so lucky. Hey, Patreon supporters, new perk coming up. You can see my anus. Um, so yeah, probably not going to wear that. 
probably just gonna stick with old faithful uh old faithful turtleneck speedo (laughs) (laughs) my uh full coverage my surfing bodysuit that i'll be wearing (laughs) at the luxor pool uh yeah so you're going for two nights I'm going for two evenings. That's really the best amount of time yeah, for I Vegas. You flying in? Flying in nice. right after a record at the at uh, work. And uh, yeah, it should be fun. I'm doing a panel that um, will have some cool people on it. Dot Marie Jones is going to be on it. Just found out that Stephanie Beatrice is as well. Fun. Yeah, so I'm moderating that panel Um yeah, and then I will be on a panel for Girlship TV that my really good friend Terrell is moderating. So it should be a really fun time, and Kirsten's coming along, and um, Amanda and Ashley and Chantal will be there. It'll be cool. it'll be fun. The next week, I'm going to Germany. Yeah. I'm going to L Beach, which is like their dinosaur. Holy shit. Yeah. Wait, who are you going with? Myself. I'm going alone. Oh, my. So I don't know if we have any German listeners, but I don't know if we have any German. I don't think we have any Ger- German Patreon supporters. Yeah, I don't think we might have one. We do have some quite a few in Europe. Well, let's just say that if this week goes the way I'd like it to, we'll have some after. <laughs> God, I hate myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know what you remind me right now of? My butthole. <laughs> also, this is something I don't want to see. Also, I'm dating someone. I just want to make that clear. No, you were going to charm them yeah, into yeah. becoming a That's Patreon That's exactly supporter. what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Butthole. La, 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 la. La, 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 la. This is my style. Got to get up. Excuse me. Excuse me. I've got to be Season four, episode 13. It is now the finale of season four. Die, die, my darling. <laughs> That's how I heard it in my head. The name of the episode. It and is, I- uh, that title is based on a British film called Fanatic, which is a conflict between two women. And its US title is Die, Die, My Darling. But die as in, you know, the obvious um, die. Just die. Die, die. <laughs> Wait, do you know the nature of the conflict between the two women? I don't um, because Wikipedia didn't tell me much more than that. I could have really gone into a deep dive, but... Um, if Wikipedia doesn't have it at this point, it's unknowable. Entirely. I bet you all were surprised that we didn't use the entire intro to be like, holy shit, this episode. And I was actually a little surprised, too. I thought like the whole thing was going to be like 
strap in little babies oh we're gonna strap in we're gonna strap on and we're gonna use the rest of our evening to fuck this episode (laughs) to fuck this episode from behind or however it wants it but i think thematically enough it's time for us to decide how it's gonna get fucked you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean hell yeah um also speaking of know what i mean I didn't realize... What's the deal? (laughs) Something I realized about myself because it was pointed out to me is that... Have you ever noticed that when I get pretty stoned, there's a moment where it's what my housemate Lindsay refers to as the know-what-I-mean stage? For example, there'll be a song playing and I'll just start verbalizing the acoustics of the song and then instead of explaining what I'm doing or, or explaining what is happening for me, I'll just say, know what I mean? <laughs> like, I like really want people to be in that space with me. Have, have you noticed that I do that? I think so. But most of the time when you're stoned, I'm also very stoned. So and... you're like, yeah, I really do. I really do know what you mean. Yeah, entirely. <laughs> okay, sorry for that uh, detour. No, no, no. Um, one other interesting little factoid about this episode is that The original soundtrack had a bunch of fucking incredible songs. It had um, Charm Attack by Leona Nace. It had Simple Kind of Life by No Doubt. It had the Graduation Friends Forever song by Vitamin C. When when her hair looked like that? Because I I, I like wrote down Vitamin C hair when you saw the reveal of her hair. That you could tell that it was meant to be scored with amazing music, though. It there were was. so many dramatic, emotional moments that even the, the music they ch- it's like even the people who are doing the sound design for the like shitty DVD versions, yeah. really tried. Like, they like used more emotive music in this one. If you ever heard the song Charm Attack, you could see how it could have been used like eight different times in this episode. It's really quite incredible. This episode, I feel a little bit gaslit by. Like, I feel... <laughs> you I were feel, saying, feel a little bit gassy. <laughs> kind of. I mean, emotionally gassy. I feel like I... I it kind of fucked me up a little bit. It kind of put the strap on on. Yeah, and that's why I'm trying to switch it right now. Because yeah. I need to feel my power is back. Yeah, I need to top Although, this bottom. Although, just to say, I mean, power bottom, being a bottom is its own type of power. I saw an incredibly fi- incredible film, speaking of which, which I'm sure you've had this experience as a writer where you have an idea to write something and then... A year later, it comes out on Netflix, <laughs> like just when something's kind of in the ether. Mm-hmm. And and so a couple years ago when I was, uh, you know, engaging in a situation of dating a married couple, I and it was before Wonder Woman came out, but I think they like something had they had announced that Wonder Woman was coming out. And also I was in this thing with this married couple and I, like, happened upon the history of the creator of Wonder Woman and how 
he had a polyamorous situation with his wife and this other woman, et cetera, et cetera, and that they were the inspiration for Wonder Woman. And I had wanted to write that story. Turns out uh, it, it's a film. It's so good and so sexy. And the chemistry between the two women is amazing. And there's some really good, like, light bondage scenes and situations. And they talk about, like, Professor Marsden is a psychology professor, and he also invented the lie detector test. And he talks a lot about the art of submission and submission versus compliance. Like, compliance is more coercion. It's like someone doing something that they don't actually want to do, whereas submission is, like, submitting to what they actually want. Yeah, Super I'm really into domination. This, I'm really quite interested in how... Um you were going to connect this back to this episode. Well, we were just talking about like, you know, power in bottoms versus tops and that whole exchange, which is very dynamic. Yeah. No, I get it. I'm glad that we found a way to connect it. Anyway, watch that film. It's really good. So we open not with Daria, but with Jane, who is at the zoo with Trent and she is staring at a tiger and um, this whole lady or the tiger uh, motif that the whole episode is going for is actually based on a short story by Frank Stockton, where the plot is that a man is placed in an arena and is given a choice between two doors. Uh, behind one door is a beautiful woman and behind the other door is a ferocious tiger. And so this is based on the lady or the tiger. And so... I think in general, thematically, it's supposed to be about Daria has two options. She can either choose Jane or she can choose Tom. And I think that it's supposed to be just about the consequences of making the wrong decision versus making the right decision. Does that make sense? And like what you could be leaving behind by choosing this other door. Yeah, but I think all three characters have a choice, have a choice in this episode. Um and it's interesting that the episode also starts out with the probably like the only relationship that is actually solid and unconditional. Yeah, which is Trent, Trent and Jane. Jane. And Trent has really stepped up in the last few episodes into this like very insightful, intuitive, intuitive, wise role. Yeah. And he just seems to kind of like have the big picture in mind. He's the Trent that we always projected onto him being. Now he's actually being that person. I know. I feel like he's been going to therapy or something. Oh, yeah. And and the thing that I really love about their relationship is that they're both very comfortable with silence. And so their thing is like, we just like to drive around in a car together, which I find just incredibly sweet. Yeah, and especially for people that may have trouble being direct or confronting things head on, like, it's perfect. You're both looking out the window, like, you don't have to, like, make eye contact while you're saying vulnerable things. So it seems sort of perfect for their whole dynamic. I really love driving in a car with someone and us just, like, blasting the music with the windows down. Can we go do that with your truck? I was about to say, do you like doing it in a truck? Because, uh... (laughs) Yeah. That that is basically all I, we can do that every day. Wow! Yeah, that that can be our life now. I'm really happy about this. I've got a free trial of XM Radio, and that puppy came with it for <gasps> 30 days. Can we listen so we to get lithium. It in. Sure thing. There's probably like a lithium station. 
Yeah, that's what it's called. Oh. Lithium. <laughs> it's called lithium. And it's all like 90s alt rock. So a couple other things that we see in this episode is that Helen is entirely overworking herself. She's been working 18-hour days. Very, very busy. Uh, Daria is at Jane's, and she walks in accidentally on Jane and Tom making out. And Tom's, like, excuse for making out with his girlfriend is like, sorry, I saw this painting that she did of her as a tiger, and I just got so carried away with the talent. Despite the fact that they have been having problems, he was um, so inspired by her art. Yeah, this is another reason I think I thought of that movie, because there is, it's interesting that they chose to start the tension, the, the triad tension with, like, Okay, that walking. connects that connects to your movie as well. That's what I'm saying. Okay. That, like, it, it's her walking in on a moment of intimacy, you know, two people who she cares deeply about. So, one might argue, yeah, what's the problem? <laughs> So the whole, the catalyst behind Jane kind of freaking out on Daria is that Jane really wants Daria to dye her hair for her. She wants her to have hair like a tiger. And Daria is pretty, like, insistent upon not wanting to do it because she's afraid to mess it up. And Jane tries to, like, reel her in by saying that this is the type of activity that teen girls do to cement their friendship with one another and while, I don't know if you noticed this, but while Daria is doing it, there's a moment where she, like, they're obviously just jesting, but she says, all right, you bitch. All right, you bitch. What do I do? That's what she says. Yeah. And it's one of the first times that we ever, like, actually hear a swear word come out of, like, like towards the other person. I think it was just, like, a really interesting moment that they waited until truly, like, season four to, like have one of them insult the other one with such a severe word like bitch yeah but still in this incredibly passive aggressive dynamic that they have going on that starts at the hair dye salon or store wherever they're buying it mm-hmm. um where there's clearly like a fight underneath the fight like the fight of whether or not daria is gonna dye jane's hair and then underneath that is this simmering building tension. Like there's got to be some ulterior motive to why you don't want to dye my hair because you don't want me to look cooler because you want my boyfriend to like you. And in the same breath, Jane is saying like, don't worry if you fuck up, it's just hair. It doesn't matter. But obviously, as you see, it it is with very high stakes that this hair dye fucking fiasco represents. And she says, it's just hair, said Samson, which was interesting. It's like she she's recognizing that it's just interesting that she called upon something that conveys hair as powerful. And then like one thing that was very striking about the scene of Daria actually starting to dye her hair is that they continue to have this passive aggressive fight. Um, which becomes more less passive. It be- becomes more direct di- while she's painting the strands of hair. Like basically, as soon as the dye touches Jane's head, it like unleashes something where Jane is just sort of blunt about what she thinks is going on, but yeah. still frames it in this passive 
passive aggressive tone of being like, I know you didn't mean anything by it, even though you want to spend all this time alone with my boyfriend and you're jealous of the fact that we're together. But it's really interesting, this contrast of Jane being physically very vulnerable in that moment. Like she is in, she is literally in Daria's hands and trusting her uh, to not, you know, fuck anything up while kind of like egging her on. She's like prodding the beast, you know? But I think she also knows Daria well enough to know that Daria is tied to that moment with her and that she, because she agreed to do this thing, she can't step away from it. And so in a way, the it's almost like you'd assume that Jane would be the more vulnerable one. But I think actually, because Jane knows Daria so well, I think that Daria is the one that's more susceptible to vulnerability because she can't like step away from this task that she agreed to do for her friend. Right. In that scene, Jane has all the power. Even even though she's... She is topping Daria so hard. Right. Even though she's the one who, who is literally like the, the future of her hair is in Daria's hands and she's just referred to Samson. So you could imagine that she's, you know, putting this source of power, the fate of it, which is now like in the hands of this person who doesn't really know what they're doing. And, yet, and, and she's kind of like poking the beast simultaneously and yet still... She is the one who seems unflappable and sort of driving the conversation. Right. Um, But then Daria does tell Jane, you're delusional. And so that is certainly like when you said gaslighting. I mean, I don't even know if Daria knew what she was going to do or that she even had the the capability to do what she did, but it's hard to tell in that moment if she actually believes that Jane was being delusional or or not you know what I mean you know what I mean <clears throat> not I mean I have I have a, a serious question but this might not be the moment to ask it um there will be a moment to ask it okay but yeah but then you know all of Jane's making a big show about like oh it's no big deal like I know that you know you didn't mean to do this thing etc cetera, etc cetera. like once the hair is revealed and she looks like a partial vitamin C, the pop star who had. She also like, kind of looks like a cheetah. Yeah, there's just like splotches of bright orange all over her head, and she immediately shifts her tone and accuses Daria of doing this on purpose in order to take Tom away from her, which is maybe one of the saddest things I've ever heard Jane say. Yeah, like she's really completely lost herself and her confidence in everything really like this is really flipped who jane is yeah it it, um she seems to be in in a kind of hell because and and i think we touched upon this maybe last week but that idea of when you're so paranoid about something and then how damaging it is when your paranoia turns out to be true. Mm-hmm. Like, so you, you you feel crazy. You feel like you're being crazy. But then it if it turns out that you're... And so it's somewhat self-fulfilling prophecy because you're directing and channeling all this energy and verbalizing your worst fears. But then when they actually happen, it makes it so much more harrowing in future situations. Right. And so much harder to talk yourself down from that. Right. Well, I think like... It's funny because I wrote down prophecy fulfilled 
but with the hair thing like i think that daria couldn't have won with with in regards to doing jane's hair i don't think that daria could have won in any regard like if she did it correctly then she'd probably be like fuck daria and if she does it incorrectly she's like fuck daria and if daria doesn't do it at all it's like fuck daria however with she should really just fuck daria i guess (laughs) that's basically what i'm saying but i believe with the tom thing i don't know if i believe that's like prophecy fulfilled and so that's why it was interesting that those like two actions are kind of back to back with each other that that is my question do you think that tom and daria would have ended up kissing if no one including trent including jane had ever said anything to them to suggest what they interpreted as going on. I think that, and I've even, like, done this before, and it's a really, like, shitty, guilty feeling when there is, like, this kind of, like, danger built up around something where, like, even if you say, like, even if there's not uh, external stakes around something of, like don't fuck this person because I like them or don't fuck this person because whatever. Like, even if you just say like, I'm not going to fuck this person and you tell someone that and then you do it anyways, there is kind of like this, like I'm saying fuck, but like, obviously they just kissed. Uh, well, we don't know. Um, but I think that there is like this danger that's built up around it. And I think that danger and passion are very closely tied. Or like the illicitness or. Yeah. And so, and so perhaps, that did drive it certainly um we're not really we haven't really seen like daria as like this sexual person so it's hard to know like what turns her on like and it is interesting because she she does value her morality so much that it'd be interesting that kind of like throwing your morals away and the, the thing that you hold most dear which is your friendship that that would kind of get you off? Yeah, for me, I mean, I agree about the illicitness and the danger, like, being a turn-on, but it almost, I don't know, I think there's also another element here of the fact that two people who know Daria really well, Trent and Jane, both pointed out to her or suggested that they could tell something was up like sometimes when outside parties and especially outside parties who know you well like make an observation like that it and especially if it's something you haven't acknowledged to yourself it definitely influences I think yeah but also I feel like it can make it feel like whatever is brewing between you and that other person is like epic in nature yeah oh totally um it it creates this sort of like mythical dimension to it or do you know what I mean yeah and I and I think that that's where um Quinn's line comes in where she's like you got to stop reading those books because they're gonna ruin you I think that especially in classic literature where there's always like such high stakes and such like star-crossed lovers, I think that perhaps that element is kind of driving Daria in that direction too, that it feels so wrong, but it could be so right, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, And so uh, before the bad thing has happened, Trent and Jane have another drive to um, bring Jane down to earth. Ba- well, yeah, back to the dye store to get 
black dye to cover up the bad job. But also, yeah, again, grounding her and and calling her out and sort of like holding her accountable for her role in this because Jane is furious at Daria and Trent's like, why would she would Daria think that she could do this? And then Jane's like, well, she didn't really think she could. You know, she made it pretty clear she didn't think she could, but I made her. And it was kind of exhaustive in a way because you'd think that Jane would reach out to Daria right after that, but she doesn't. Like, Daria tries to get a hold of her. Jane doesn't answer. Daria talks to Jody about it, and it turns out that she stayed home from school. Daria tries to call her mom, but her mom is obviously too busy. So her last resort, in a way... Is, or the way that she probably justified it is that she wanted to call Tom um, to just see, like, what was up with Jane. And so then, really, uh, narratively, it was Helen's fault, which I was mean, annoying. I, I mean, I think a lot of things could be prevented if, if that one person before the other person you called actually picked up their phone. <laughs> if she would have talked to Helen about it, who knows? who knows what that night would have looked like because that call also made Tom know like where Daria was and when she was going to be home too. And so that's why he went to her house. Yeah. But Daria also knows her mom and she knows how busy her mom is right now. So I could just as easily say that Daria called her mom to justify to herself that her only option was to call Tom because she probably knew her mom wouldn't be available. That's true. So Daria shows up at Jane's and Jane has dyed her hair back. Daria's apologizing and Jane still brings up the Tom thing just in kind of more like less accusatory, but more kind of like matter of fact and is like, what's going on with you two? Uh, she she asks if if they want to date each other or if they've ever made out. And when Daria gets so protested too much... Jane's like, yeah, 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 I know. I'm sorry. I just, like, had to ask. And this, like, God, this whole episode is really just, like, so back and forth and so exhaustive. Like, they go, they talk so many times throughout this episode. It was just, it was really. On on one hand, it was, it was showing how you can talk something to death and actually not say anything real or, like, how you can talk circles around the truth. Yeah, like, the conflict just so doesn't get resolved that much and like the amount of just like back and forth was really kind of like exhausting to watch especially when you know what's coming and with Daria still in the scene playing dumb like Jane being like okay I believe that you didn't screw up my hair on purpose but what about that other thing I talked about and Daria's like what other thing like come on girl so as Daria leaves Jane's, Tom is outside in his car waiting to talk to Daria. And he's very insistent upon her getting in. And as soon as Daria gets in, she's like, I want to talk about or like, do you want to talk about Jane? Oh, wait, there's an important moment from that previous scene that I think we should address, which is that Daria's the the thing that Daria says to negate like you know to be like how could you think that I would make out with your boyfriend is to say can you imagine me making out with anyone anyone? she invites Jane to think about her making out she basically tries to use like the asexual defense right which 
you know, and then Jane says something about like I'd stop short of your wedding night, which I wasn't sure. What the fuck? Was that? <laughs> I mean, I get it, but I also don't. Anyway, but yeah, that was a very interesting thing that Darius basically Darius just like, oh, you think I'd kiss your boyfriend? Like, look at me, I'm like, I'm super fucking not sexy, right? <laughs> Daria is in Tom's car, and rather than talking about Jane, Tom wants to talk about them. So Their in a, situation, Yeah, so in a way, he's acknowledging that something's going on, and Daria gives this pretty, like, cool monologue about how she's always felt like an outcast until she met Jane, and then Tom came around and ruined all of it. And Tom's kind of honest about his feelings towards Jane that he met a cool girl they dated for a while but then he got bored with her and then he met you know someone else who he believed he was more compatible with and the dangerous temptation truly leads them to this kiss and then the worst part is is that Daria stops it and then they talk about how bad it was that they did that and then they do it right again. I think if it was only one kiss and and she knew that it was wrong and then she left, I think it would be entirely different than the the double the double take of we acknowledge that this was really bad, but we want to do it again. Yeah, and I was not into that line of of reasoning he had about like like just saying that he was getting bored with Jane saying that to Daria I think is incredibly rude because you haven't expressed that to Jane first of all it's a really just rude way to frame it especially to that person's best friend but then you know it's very much smacks of like the person who's too cowardly to end something when it should have ended already and instead is grooming the next connection before they've left the previous one yeah and I just it's it's really disappointing that that was sort of the final beat that led them that led like especially Daria into wanting to kiss this person like that would have would have repulsed me I think like even if there was an attraction there beforehand yeah totally and so the next day Daria is just entirely out of it you can tell that she feels so fucking guilty and that her world has just turned upside down. Daria even asks Quinn what she would do in this situation. And Quinn is like, are you crazy? Why would I ever do that? Meaning is- like kiss my friend's boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. Which it has got to be absolutely terrifying for Daria that Quinn has more morality than her in these moments. Yeah. And there's a little moment with Jake where he's reading the newspaper and he's like, they're going to make it illegal to shoot squirrels? What kind of town is this? Which I feel like he'd be really struggling in the current climate of gun, tr- gun control, yeah. it sounds like. I didn't know that he... I, he didn't strike me as like a as a gun fanatic. No. But. Um, yeah, I mean, I get the, the rage aspect of it all. It's Maybe that's how he... he but yeah, Daria is just catatonic through all of this. And she says, again, is mom around? So clearly there's there's something about the situation that she really only feels comfortable talking to Helen about, even though we've seen that in a lot of moments she has a closer connection with Jake. But the one thing that I did respect is that Daria immediately told Jane. Like she didn't 
sit with this like as soon as Jane was at school with her and and was being kind to her like it just fucking shot out of her and she was like I can't lie to you I can't hide this from you I kissed your boyfriend and she just like had to be super upfront about it um yeah it's she's just Daria's the person in the show that always does the right thing and now she finally is having to see what it looks like to feel the consequences of doing the wrong thing and I don't think it makes her feel good whatsoever because she even says when she's talking to Helen later like I don't know how I could have hurt Jane worse and she hurt the one person that she loves most true and then Jane shows up at Tom's mansion apparently and is livid so pissed but in a very Jane way where she's still kind of like sly and making making quippy jokes. Um, and Tom takes the blame. He says that he dragged Daria into it. And um, one sad moment when Jane and Tom were on the swings is that Jane asks him if he thinks that uh, he and Daria will date. And she says that she has to get a new best friend because she doesn't want to tag along with them then there's also that moment where she is like yeah have fun dating daria we know she's so much fun and then when he retorts with something uh she was like he's she's not that bad give her a chance yeah like weirdly defending her like wait what's your goal here do you want him to date her the the after the kiss stuff kind of took a turn whereas before the kiss they had so many conversations like they talked things to death in a way that almost felt like I mean I I thought it was a cool way to show it but it felt like a little bit of overkill whereas the after kiss everything felt very fast it felt like they were getting to this level of discourse very quickly like I don't know that that would be realistic um, especially for people of that age going through this but Jane is a special, a special kind. And then I like that moment where Tom's like trying to compliment Jane. I mean, I think he genuinely is complimenting her. He means it. But he says, you know, how amazing she he thinks she is and says, you're like from a cooler world. And then Jane says, I am, aren't I? Too bad you're such a dork. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then my favorite moment of the episode was um, when Helen is at work and she's yelling at her assistant and she's like, no, I cannot be interrupted for anything whatsoever. I am so fucking busy. And then Daria walks in and she literally drops everything. Yeah, it was really sweet. And then takes her to lunch. Yeah. And it, it, but it was also wrapping up Helen's arc, which is that uh, what episode was it? Was it of human bonding? When they go, or was it psychotherapy? When they go to... The camp, like the therapy camp. Yeah, and and Helen's big struggle is that she kind of chooses her career over her family a lot. And in this moment, when Daria needs it most, she chooses family over career. And it was it was just a very... It was very, very sweet And in that moment where she says that all of her work is... It's in control. And she knows Daria well enough to know that she would only show up at her work if it was really an emergency. Mm-hmm. So I think she also was able to read that in her daughter. Um, and they have a really sweet exchange over their meal or as they're waiting for their meal about um, 
Daria talking about how she feels like she's lost control and, and Helen basically telling her like, that's always going to be the case. <laughs> like yeah. that you're never going to, you know, like life kind of sucks and like sometimes it doesn't, but it often does. And just kind of being very practical and realist with her advice to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, then saying something about her work being completely under control, which they both know is a lot. Obviously, she didn't want her daughter to be suffering. But in that same episode that I was referencing earlier, she was telling Daria that, you know, that Daria won't tell her anything and won't open up to her and doesn't even want to talk to her. And and Daria's response to that is like, I don't even know how to like go there. And then at the end of the season, she does find a way to go there because the only person she actually wants to talk to is her mom. Mm-hmm. Um, Jane shows up to Daria's house, which again, this felt very fast to me as well. Even this level of forgiveness, even Jane being willing to take the first step to remedy this. But regardless, she shows up at Daria's house and at one point is kind of like saying to her that like she should date him. She should date Tom. And Daria's like, nobody's that well adjusted. Then Daria asks like, are we still friends? And Jane says, the kind that can't stand the sight of one another. And Daria says, temporarily. Yeah, temporarily, I hope. But they just need space and time. But then Jane says to Daria, and this is kind of looping back to that short story and her painting, is that she says that uh, Daria is the lady and the tiger and that she got to be both. Like she got to have, or that she'll, she might get to have both, if that makes sense. Yeah. She really revealed that she's not just asexual. She's also a power bottom. <laughs> Woo. And then the episode ends with Daria laying on her bed, starfish style, and the phone rings and she just assumes it's for Quinn, but then it's actually Tom. And this is also one of the few episodes that we are that they were able to actually retain a song uh in the end credits rather than just an instrumental version the original song that was in the end credits was friend is a four-letter word by cake and then the song that replaced it because they couldn't get the rights to the cake song was i'm okay by clumsy did you notice that that there was actually a song with with words oh i did at the end yeah 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 i mean still not a huge fan of the fact that, you know, we're ending the season with our heroines being at odds and a boy being between them. But yeah, I mean, I'm definitely pretty strongly team Jane in this moment. Um, did you want to hear what Tracy Grandstaff, the voice of Daria, had to say about why Daria would jeopardize her friendship with or her her relationship with Jane essentially. I sure do. Um so so Tracy Grandstaff's response to the question about Daria's motives is this. Because life is messy and complicated and layered, maybe Daria never expected a guy to be interested in her until Tom came along. Maybe she sat in the in the shadows crushing over the unattainable Trent for so long she was blindsided by Tom's attention. Maybe she admired Jane so much because Jane was socially at ease, better looking, made out with guys, and didn't have the same hangups. 
Maybe Daria figured that Jane could land another guy easier than her. Maybe she thought Jane really wasn't that into Tom. Maybe the writers wanted to make the storyline more interesting by creating a romantic conflict between Jane and Daria. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sicker Sadder World. We are on Patreon and we love those of you who subscribe and we also love those of you who don't. We also have a website, sickersadderworld.com. We're on Twitter at sickersadder. And just to give you an update, uh, the movie, Is It Fall Yet?, is the next episode that we will be recording. And we haven't quite decided. We might split it up into two parts, or we might just do one long episode. But just to be clear, we are not doing season five, episode one, next uh, next episode. We will be doing the film. Is it fall yet? The film. The cinematic adventure. You know, whatever you decide to choose, the lady or the tiger... Um, choose wisely but yeah. also know that life is messy and um, but you can't always be in control of everything yeah, except but, like, yourself maybe don't kiss your best friend's boyfriend well that's obvious because I don't like men <laughs> <laughs>